Hey everyone, this is LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Today with me, actually physically in the studio, I do have a special guest with me today, Mr. Ed Sachs Thomas. So Ed, how are you today? Uh, Wonderful, wonderful. Glad to be here. Yes, glad to have you here. This is kind of our our first post Rona in person uh, podcast interview. So I'm super excited to have you here. And uh, as customary, when I have a guest, I like to start with what is your labor of love? My labor of love is music and playing music. And uh, anyone knows me, I play the saxophone. So, yeah, hence Ed Sax Thomas. (laughs) So, talk to us a little bit about how music became a labor of love for you. Okay. First, thank you again having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's a great opportunity. But uh, I've been playing music for over 40 plus years now, playing saxophone. um, And it became a labor of love um, probably uh, from the beginning. I mean, it's just something that I enjoyed uh, uh, when I started uh, in the the seventh grade at Mary Junior High School here in Cincinnati. Um, uh, I started playing at, you know, at an early age at, at you know, teenager, and played through high school, marching band, uh, beginning band, and uh, just never stopped playing. And so I just fell in love with the saxophone. Mm-hmm. Is that the only instrument that you play? That is currently the only instrument that I play. I mean, I, I started playing the piano mm-hmm. as, a, as a, you know, our parents uh, had us, all the kids in the family learn how to play the piano or take piano lessons, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and and I guess music uh, has just been a part of our family ever since then, uh, but it didn't really catch on as a, as a labor of love, so to speak, until I, I, I found a saxophone, discovered the saxophone, and uh, and I started playing it, and I just enjoy uh, the, the playing. As, and more importantly, the, the, the sound of the saxophone is what drew me in. Yeah, I was going to ask that. What what was it about the saxophone that really appealed to you? And I think uh, for me, it was like saxophone is so close, in my opinion, to the human voice. And I, when I heard it, someone was playing it, and they were playing a song that I knew the words to. And so, uh, so I was the melody was just catchy, and the the, the tone was just right. Uh, so that, that, that's what it was for me. It was just captivating. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I like that. I mean, even as you said it, I was like, you know what? I can hear a lot of different instruments and they're playing the music. But when I hear a saxophone, I hear the words. Yeah. Even though it is music. So no, yeah. that is, that's an excellent point. Yeah. 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 So the piano is kind of a gateway into music. Exactly. Um, that, that is very interesting. You know, I wanted to play the piano. My mother to this day will say, well, you only mentioned it once. I didn't think you were serious. And I always joke and say, I could have been the next Beethoven, you know. You, <laughs> but So I don't play an instrument, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for not just the creativity of music, but the discipline that goes into right. the music ship. So can you talk to us a little bit about what the dedication and discipline has looked like for you to be a musician in one particular instrument over the course of 40 some years? Yeah, I, I think the, um, for me personally, I mean, I've always heard it, if you really wanted to master an instrument, whatever instrument it was, it, it, it's going to take you about 10 years to do it. And I don't know how many hours, you know, that mean, you know, but 
uh, or equate to, but uh, that's what I've heard. Uh, but for me, it was more, I may have done those 10 years, but it's uh, but uh, I played m more toward maybe the middle or the end of those 10 years than I did in the beginning. Uh, um, but I didn't really, um, I, I guess, start to really master the instrument until, you know, I was probably late 20s, mm -hmm. you know, is when it, when it really started to understand uh, the theory behind it and how to play uh, different songs and then play within the key uh, signature and all that and play with other musicians and all that. I did a lot of playing before, you know, um, in junior high school and high school, uh, reading music and, um, uh, you know, playing with the marching band and, you know, we would do kind of fun songs with the marching band and, and, and stuff like that with, you know, before the football games and stuff like that. But then it got to the point where I wanted to play songs that, uh, that I heard on the radio and I knew it took another level of dedication and, uh, and um, practicing. And, and so once I um, realized that, I just started spending a lot of time just practicing and practicing and practicing. And I say, like I say, it was close to, you know, late 20s. And, uh, and now, you know, I, once I got it, once I cracked that nut and figured it out, you know, what it took, because um, uh, it is a formula. You know, you just gotta you know know your instrument and, and know what it takes to uh, to to bring those uh, those sounds out. You know, yeah. And and so now I can pretty much pick up the instrument and just play any song I want, and play any melody that I like. Nice. Um. So Ed, I want to kind of highlight for our listeners that you spent was it thirty seven years in the corporate world? Yes. Right. So this has not been like a a single focus of yours, which I think is even further fascinating that you were navigating, you know, a, a corporate job. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you traveled a lot, at least in the beginning of yeah. that. You have a family. Yeah. So just kind of tell us a little bit about navigating a passion that requires a lot of effort, intentionality, and resources, and focus, and how you balanced all of that throughout your career. Okay. When I graduated from high school, I always thought that I was going to go to uh, study music, and um, and I had uh, applied for Kentucky, uh, Tennessee State University uh, to play with the marching band, mm -hmm. and as well as the University of Cincinnati, and had got accepted at University of Cincinnati to to play music uh, uh, or to study in the conservatory of music, and then decided uh, I, I got an offer from Procter and Gamble, who. At the time, they were recruiting uh, from the local high schools for um, students that were had scores and spent a lot of time in uh, uh, academics and, and math, science in that area because they were trying to develop the, the technical development program and trying to you know really increase increase the uh, minority employment. And um, so I had a choice then. I, I, I always, like I said, I always thought I was going to go uh, and do music, and then they offered a scholarship, and it was like everything was uh, paid for. If I, if I went to school for music, I was going to have to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> and they have scholarships there. So this was the thing where it was just, um, uh, you know, I had to make the choice. And, I, and and what I decided to do was like, you know, took, took the scholarship, went to um, uh 
Well, school, PNG actually took sent us to school before, you know, at so the did university. They, at UC? At UC. Okay, okay. They took, sent us to, you know, it's a group of us. I mean, they, they, they we all kind of went to classes together. From And it was not only the school, my high school, but it was other high schools around the city mm-hmm. where um, they had recruited uh, students to participate in this program. So it was great, and it turned out to be an excellent program and excellent for me. Um, so after... Uh, finishing there in school, they offered. They didn't have to offer you a job, but they did. They offered. You know, and they told you that up front. You know, you know, we. There's a chance you may get a job, and if you're interested, you can take the job, and you don't have to take the job. Hmm. So my thought was, okay, well, I'll do this, get this under my belt, then uh, I'll go to music school. Well, a long story short, they offered me some money, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I accept. I accepted, mm-hmm. and uh, but all along I. You know, I continued to, you know, even when I was in school, you know, I, I played saxophone. I never um, uh, forgot my passion and dreams. And so when I accepted the job at PNG, I, I get there and I learned that they had a community band oh. that plays around town. Oh. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> so a community big band that plays around, you know, we, we, we did things like in the parks, um, um, uh, Kings Island, we would play at Kings Island. We, you know, just locally here, you know, Indiana, as far as Indiana is where we would go and play. It was about 20, um, 20 25 uh, uh, employees that were, that loved to play instruments. And we all got together and every instrument was uh, covered. Had saxophones, you had trumpet, you had bass guitar, you had piano. And just, you know, it was just a wonderful thing to find, you know, these people, a lot of them were, I mean, it was across all discipline in the company. And so to find that many people that were, uh, you know, I just no. didn't know. Like you said, who knew? I, I'm, I'm, you should see my face. Like, <laughs> so wait a minute. <laughs> There's a PNG band. Like, yeah. How cool is that, yeah. right? So we did a lot of things, and, and they're still in existence. I, I played with the band for about 15 years. Wow. Uh, before I decided, you know, um, uh, that I wanted to. You know, play with my spend more time with my because I, I now currently play with a gospel band, mm-hmm. the music company. As you may have seen or heard us before, but um, I decided uh, I wanted to spend more time with them and develop my uh, you know my um, uh, solo career as well. And so I, I, I you know I left the PNG band, uh, but but on top of that, I, I mean I, I, I guess long story short, I, I just continued to play. The saxophone, even you know, in in, in the P and G world, in the mm-hmm. business world, um, it was a funny story here. I, I, I like you said, I used to travel quite a bit, and I and I would tell Ingrid. I was telling Ingrid this the other day. She didn't. Uh, she did. My wife is Ingrid. <laughs> I was going to say for the record, that's his wife, not his saxophone. <laughs> Does your saxophone that's have right. a name, by the way? <laughs> It doesn't. Oh, that no. is so interesting. No, no. My husband names everything, so no. I just couldn't imagine that your saxophone didn't have a name. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> so Ingrid is his wife. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So I was telling Ingrid uh, the other day, and she said, I never do that about you. I said, well, yeah, I, when I would travel with P&G, I was, you know, where, you know, packing up suitcase and, you know, lugging them around. I, I, would say, how, I would always say, how cool would it be to be traveling, going to play music somewhere? And I always felt one day, you know, maybe that will come true, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, you know, going on a technical business trip. I'm 
going on the musical business trip. Mm-hmm. So. And you have done some traveling yeah. for music. Yeah. So for the record, you are retired and from P&G. I definitely didn't know that your relationship with P&G started right out of high school. So that that is... Yeah. Wow, that's phenomenal. So you are retired. And yeah. talk to us a little bit about what post-retirement has looked like for you. I, I retired in 2016 after 37 years of uh, employment there at P&G. And, and post-retirement has just been great in terms of, um, because this is what I've been working toward for a long time is to, you know, play music. And so that's I. I I retired uh, in in March, and I released a CD in April <laughs> <laughs> that I have been working on. So I, I hit the ground running, yeah. and I've been busy ever since just playing music. So I knew what my second career was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew that from early many years prior. When we watched you, um, we were like, man, he retires poorly. He is more busy now, it feels like, than he was when he was working. But, you know, you were doing that. And I I think that's one of the the big things I I like when I ask people, what's your labor of love? Sometimes that's how you make money and how you make an income. I say it all the time. I am very blessed and fortunate that my passions are also how I generate my income. But there are people who are working to take care of themselves and their families. But there is some passion and labor of love that exists outside of that. And so for you, retirement from P&G just meant you could really latch on to your passion and do that. Um, So music. Let's talk about music and family. Okay. So um, you have a beautiful family. Love your family. You have two daughters, and they yeah. are both extremely talented women. Just yeah. ridiculously yeah. so. So, just talk to us a little bit about the role music played in your family dynamic, and just tell us a little bit about your daughters. Okay. Um, my oldest daughter is Kira, and Kira is now 31 years old, and uh, my youngest daughter is uh, Kayla. Kayla uh, is 24, should be 25 in uh, November. But um, I started both of the girls out playing music at, a, at an early age. Uh, I mean, because that's what I did. And they would hear, I think uh, Kira probably heard the saxophone before she was born, you know, in the womb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, and, and, and we played music for her and both of them all the time. Um, and as she got, Kira got, you know, she turned, I think, three years old. We had her in Suzuki uh, piano uh, at the uh, College Conservatory of Music, CCM, in Cincinnati there. We had her playing, um, studying music, you know, just by ear. You know, couldn't read music yet, but by ear is how they train them. And, uh, and then as she got a little bit older, we moved her to a more traditional uh, uh, form of music, uh, or music teacher, piano teacher. Uh, she worked with... Um, the same person for probably seven years, hmm. um, and then she um, went to high school. When she went to high school, she went to performing arts school and started playing piano there in their uh, classical piano program. So that has really shaped her musical, you know, ability and you know, capability. Uh, she's very good at it as as well as she uh, music theater. She studied at uh, Performing Arts, and um, 
she was a, a lot of the major pr productions there as a as a lead singer. Uh, so she was tremendous. Uh, just to watch her perform was just um, just magical, really. Mm -hmm. you know, she was she was really good. Um, she played the role of uh, Aida uh, in at performing arts, and just was was tremendous. Uh, her younger sister. Well, before we go to Kayla, yeah. I just want to say about Kira. <laughs> so this girl is so talented, right? So we go to the same church and, you know, we're virtual and she was leading worship and then she just sat down to a piano and I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't even know she could play the piano. Yeah. <laughs> what? But just beautiful voice, so talented. But what always strikes me is she's such an introvert. Yeah. And I, I think there is a common misconception by a lot of people, but especially people like me, extroverts. Uh, one, we have a tendency to think everyone are extroverts. or yeah. And we're a very extroverted society. We, we like the extroverts, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I think when people are performers, there is sometimes an assumption that they're extroverted by personality. But you shared, you're an introvert. I am. And yeah. Kiera is an introvert. Yeah, and so that just, it, it amazes <laughs> me. Um, and, you know, for context, people sometimes mistake the term introvert for they don't like people or they don't like being around people. It has nothing to do with it. It's how you recharge. Right. right? Exactly. Introverts exactly. need to be by themselves to recharge. They also process internally instead of externally, exactly. uh, to, you know, just to kind of take it all in value depth and kind of one-on-ones than kind of a whole bunch of shallow everybody. And so I just can appreciate being performers and, and having your stage be this kind of extroverted world, knowing that your internal needs are to kind of go hide away behind that door yeah, just to yeah. recharge. So, Kira, tremendously talented. Okay, on to the beautiful Miss Kayla. Yeah, Kayla, like I said, she's 24 years old, and Kayla currently, she's home currently uh, here in Cincinnati because of COVID, but she uh, is pursuing a career. She had to come home from New York, you know, because of COVID, but, um, but she's pursuing a, a career on Broadway in New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she had her first performance there but this past January, which was uh, outstanding. She did a wonderful job. And was it ragtime? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it was ragtime. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And so we, we all traveled up there. It was probably uh, seven or eight of us there, you know, family and friends. Yeah, we went to support her, but it was, it was great. But, I, you know, what I was going to say about Kayla is, you know, she, her and Kira six, seven years apart. So, she was able to watch, and, and even Kira's teachers uh, back at SCPA, with one, one, one teacher said it out loud. She said, just look at Kayla's, you know, she noticed how Kayla was watching Kira, you know, develop and do her thing, you know. She said, she just got great eyes, and, and so she picked that up, and she said, she's going to be something. <laughs> <laughs> and she is something. I mean, Kayla's voice, and I want to get Kayla on the podcast before she goes yeah, back to awesome. New York, but that girl's voice just, it gives me chills. It's, it, and it, she makes it look so effortless yes. right now. People say that about me about a lot of things. So I'm going to say it's not effortless. It's a lot of effort <laughs> yeah, really that goes is. into it, but she just, the masterful use of her voice yeah. in so many ways. It's amazing. So Music has just been very rooted in your family. Um, and is Ingrid musical? Now, I know she sings, like when we're at church, yeah. but does it, does she kind of 
contribute to the musical part of the family in any way? Well, if you ask her that question, so what she'll tell you is that I pay for the lessons. <laughs> <laughs> That's her response when someone asks her that question. But uh, Ingrid, yeah, she has a tremendous voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to hear the three of them sing together, uh, different parts, mm-hmm. the, you know, the harmony is just so so tight. So she is uh, a great talent, but she would tell you she's not. Agreed. I know her voice. She has a beautiful voice. Um, I do want to talk about the contra- like what we see. Like, so Jay and I are always talking about you and Ingrid just as a couple. Okay. Like, hashtag yeah. relationship goals, y'all. Yeah. Like, yeah. we yeah. love you all. <laughs> and we've just been able to see you from a distance and up close yeah. at just that relationship. But Ingrid is so supportive of you. Yeah. In your your musical venture, so she has hashtag groupie wife, yeah. right? She's had yeah. T-shirts made, and yeah. she is posting on social media when you have an engagement, yeah. and she's there, and she is supporting. So, talk to us a little bit about what it's like to have that kind of support from your partner and spouse. Oh yes, it's tremendous. I mean, uh, I think in some ways, uh, early on, I took it for granted. I mean, because. Even when I talked about the PNG band years ago, when I started out playing there with the band, who was there in the audience was Ingrid with my little girls running around, you know, the grass. And, you know, so she was always uh, supportive and always there, um, you know, just wanted to help me. I mean, just she had had no clue. She told me I had no clue where you were going. Even when I released the CD after I retired, she said, I know you said you was going to do that, but. I, you know, I just couldn't see it. I didn't know what you were doing. She said, but I was just there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she, she's very excited when, you know, when she sees me do stuff like that. And she um, also often tells me, you know, that um, uh, you, you're you my goal. <laughs> she said, you know, because you, you, you set your sights on something, something, and you go after it, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she sometimes she feels that you know she she doesn't have that same type of drive or whatever. Uh, but I see her do a lot of things that are just amazing. She's so creative, mm-hmm. um, and she's so good with people and children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you said, she's an extrovert. She does this stuff, does stuff just right off the cuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, that I was like. Well, it'll take me some time, spend some time, you know, to get the courage to do what you just did. And she, you know, she mm-hmm. just, you know, she just, it's effortless. 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 Yeah. yeah. I understand that dynamic a lot, you know, in regards to it. In our relationship, Jay and I, I'm the one with the engagements and, and my voice is also my gift. I'm just not singing. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking, but like to have him there with me is so it's so helpful it just to know that because sometimes I can be in very large spaces and I don't know anybody you know but he's always there and it's just that kind of support that if I'm even thinking like oh I should probably get water I turn around and like bam it's there you know and I'm thinking oh it's getting there's there's that mint that I needed (laughs) you know and 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 just to have that support and you look around a room and I always know that there is going to be one person in that crowd who is like rooting me on and doing all of that. So I, I can attest to like how important it is to have someone who is supportive of you and doing, you know, all of that. So what, I know you play the saxophone, but tell us what that has materialized. You said one CD. I know you have more than one. So just tell us about where you perform and what kind of uh, productions you've put out since. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I have, a total of three CDs now. 
and uh, I'm starting to work on the fourth one. Nice. So, so hopefully by the end of uh, this year, first of next year, I'll have a, a fourth CD out. And I'm targeting this this one to be kind of a smooth jazz, uh, the, the Kenny G type stuff. That's my uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound, you know, uh, Grover Washington and all, mm-hmm. all the smooth jazz uh, players uh, I'm going to play. All my CDs so far has been playing one instrument, which is the alto saxophone. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to uh, venture out and try to, well, I'm going to do it. Because um, I have, I play soprano and tenor as well, but I've never recorded with them. So it's just like, why not? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, why not? So I'm going to record all three C, uh, instruments on, on this this project. But um, I um, in 2004 is when I did my first CD release. Uh, I was still working at that time. Um, uh, and it was called, the title of the CD is In His Will, which you can, by the way, get on my website at edsaxthomas.com. <laughs> it will be in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all, and all the CDs are on the website. And then, uh, like I said, right before I retired, uh, well, when I retired, I did the, uh, the, um, the second CD. Uh, and, and then I also did a CD this past Christmas. Christmas project. It's the bomb, y'all. We yeah, listen to it even though it's not Christmas no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's been great. I still listen to it too. I, I mean, I just love how it turned out, and it did very, very well with uh, with, with with the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, so got got a lot of support, uh, airplay on the on the CD. So yeah, so, and so you have opened at the Cincinnati Music Festival, yes. and you've done different things like that. So. It doesn't look like from this side where I'm sitting that this is slowing down anytime soon. Um, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to provide an opportunity for you to play for us so okay. that we can hear that. But before we do that, just tell people in addition, I know you gave the website, but if someone is interested in booking you or just getting the CD or anything, is there any other contact information you'd like to leave other than the website? What's the website there? And then as well as my email address, which is edsaxthomas at gmail.com. And uh, telephone number is 513-403-4237. Yes. 513-403-4237. Yes. Call me. No, I, I am so thankful um, that you were come. You know, to be honest and transparent, we tried this yesterday, y'all, on the platform, and it did not work. Distant, um, tried to do it over, you know, but I love having you in office. Yeah, I love that true. your music is going to fill my space. Yeah. Um, so what are you thinking you're going to play for us today? I was thinking, I told you something else yesterday, but I was just thinking Mr. Magic. Okay. Like Grover Washington. Oh, I like Grover Washington. All right. So actually, folks, we are going to let Mr. Ed Sachs Thomas play us out. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to learn more about Ed and his labor of love of music. If you want to reach out to me, you have suggestions for other guests, or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, the website is www.thelaborsoflove.com. Don't forget our YouTube channel, Labors of Love Counseling and Consulting, where every Thursday we put out a Therapy Thursday video. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, leave a rating. Um, oh, I said that rating and a review for the podcast, the Labors of Love podcast. Until we connect again, you all, be well. <laughs> ¶¶
Thank <laughs> you.